Hi there, I'm Andrew Karras, Chief Operating Officer at Anglo Invokers Vancouver, and this is On Top of the Market. Today on On Top of the Market, we had Anthony Hitt on the show, who's the CEO of England Vokers America, so essentially my boss. Uh, really enjoyed having Anthony on. He talked to us about all sorts of stories, from becoming a CEO of the company to his time in real estate in Santa Monica. But most importantly, we talked about how important it is to be genuine and authentic in today's real estate market, especially considering what we've gone through in the last year with the pandemic. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Uh, welcome again to uh, On Top of the Market here with Andrew Karras. I'm extremely excited to have uh, the guest I have today. Uh, I've got Anthony Hitt, who's our CEO of Angle Invokers Americas. Uh, that makes him my boss. Uh, one of the best things uh, about this company, I think, is the leadership that we have. And I've been absolutely honored to uh, be a part of the organization and work with you, Anthony. And uh, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast and uh, having a discussion with us. I think that's what makes our network so great is we're always willing to collaborate and work with one another and do whatever we can do. Uh, just before we came on the call here, we were just talking about uh, reciprocating and, and coming on your podcast someday. So uh, we'll, we'll leave that as a, as a teaser for all our audience moving forward here. Um, how many of these podcasts have you been doing recently or I, webinars, I, I should say? Uh, first of all, to answer your question, uh, a lot more. I, I think uh, the podcast phenomenon uh, has, has been out for a while, but I think over the COVID times, it certainly increased. Um, and so a lot of people, I think a lot of people are looking at using this opportunity to, to learn and develop themselves and hear a lot of new and different voices, uh, as well as some voices maybe confirm what they already believed. So yeah. I think the podcast has become more popular. I also believe that uh, our ability, because we're so used to the technology now, uh, our ability to do these things uh, are a lot easier. So where maybe we didn't have the time in the past to put these on the calendar, I'm doing probably about one a week uh, in some fashion right now. So it's quite, quite a few. It's more the willingness to use the technology, you know, like what I found, I mean, this past year is that I've been sort of experimenting and trying new things and, and a willingness to try new, new, ex, explore new things. And with podcasts, what I find most incredible is that we kind of have this new insight into each other without having to rely on the media to get it out there, you know, so we can kind of be our own voice, you know. Well, and I think very much like the, the Netflix, Disney Plus, Apple Plus world that we're in. Uh, as we're really starting to discover podcasts and the idea that they are these little vignettes of, of information that you can digest from a variety of people, but at, at your leisure, whenever that makes sense, whether you're driving or jogging or, or, whatever, or, or whatever the case is, it gives you that opportunity. And I think, again, but you're right about the acceleration. That's one thing that I think this pandemic has definitely done. It's accelerated technology. I, I used to make the argument, I'm not sure that I would go quite as far today as we're 14, 15 months in. But that uh, for every month that the pandemic was progressing, we were advancing at least one year in technology. Yeah, and, no. and I do think we definitely probably accelerated the adoption of a lot of technologies by five, 10 years over the last year, year and a half. 
Yeah, it actually blows my mind to think that before before the pandemic happened, you know, you and I being, you know, cross coast, you're in New York City, I'm here in Vancouver, and the the ability that we could have had to just, you know, have regular video calls like we have. Now we've done them since the 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 pandemic started, but we never really thought about doing that before, and it's so nice to be able to be face to face and feel more personal. I mean, that's what our whole network's built on, right? Is we're all social people uh, that Absolutely. need to kind of see one another. So, it's pretty and, amazing. And seeing each other's eyes during a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same as being in person, but it is better than, uh, in most cases, uh, you know, a telephone call. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a telephone. It sets over about a foot for me. I can't tell you the last time I picked up the receiver because almost every one of my calls now is, is either this way or it's a text. I mean, I don't, I, that's, that's just the way we communicate today. And, uh, and, I, and that's not uncommon. It's not something that's just just in this real estate industry. You know, further to that, I'm finding that emails are even becoming less uh, uh, used. Uh, you know, they're used to summarize uh, situations, they're summarized phone calls that you've had and stuff like that. But like as a way of getting communication between each other, you're not using it anymore the same way. You know, it's text message, well, it's video calls, it's WhatsApp, it's all sorts of different technologies that we're kind of using more often now, which we all just have to be able to adapt and move forward and see what works, right? I love that world. I've kind of abandoned email about five years ago. And most oh. people who know me know that email is the worst way to talk to me. Well, uh, it's a good way to talk to my assistant because uh, you know, she, she checks all the emails. But the reality is I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Google chat guy. I'm a text message guy. And now it's these, uh, you know, these uh, Google meet and Zoom calls. Constantly a forward thinker, Anthony. I'm just getting on that horse myself now. So there you go. I would argue that uh, maybe it's forward thinking. Maybe it's just a little bit lazy. Oh, uh, no, I no. do like the I like I like <laughs> maybe, the convenience being a CEO of a company and maybe having too much coming through your inbox I'll, I'll, uh, more I'll, so I'll than I'll the take, normal person. I'll take your uh, I'll take your uh, your perspective. Now, now, speaking of change and speaking of things that we've done differently, uh, let's talk about EVX. So uh, exchange or EVX, as we're calling it now, is yearly. We all get together as a network. And I can tell you from being a member of this uh, organization since 2016, it is definitely the highlight of my year every year is getting together and seeing everybody else. Uh, but this year, just like every other conference that's out there, we had to do it virtually. Uh, I thought you guys did a really great job with it. I love the fact that we can go back and review it. So there's some things that we got in there, but how did you think it went? Like, how did you feel? Um, I always have a, a, a bias and that bias, my team would tell you is not usually the bias that you expect it to be because I always think we can do better. And I'm always pushing us to to advance uh, beyond what others are doing, whether that's our our, our competition or even others in the industry. Uh, so I will go first of all with what I've heard from people in our network and what I've heard from people in the industry who are not in our network. And I've yet to hear a negative complaint. As Wonderful. a matter of fact, um, you know we're we're all big believers in creating raving fans. And the reality is we've created a lot of raving fans. We had a lot of raving fans in our network already. People, people who are with this brand, who get this brand, they like being in this brand. And that's the reason our normal event and person sells out and nobody believes us unless you're on the other end trying to get tickets. You know, it sells out in three to five minutes every year. I mean, oh, we're yeah. not talking about an inexpensive event. We're talking about an event that costs you, you know, $900 to $1,000 plus your expenses. Um, and, and it sells out you know, 1,000 people every year in just a matter of minutes. Uh, the, the reality is, uh, you know, that network already likes us, already has a high expectation, was already very disappointed that we weren't going to be together. So they did have a high bar though. And, uh, and the network's been extremely positive. They like the content. They like the way it felt. They like the technology because we didn't use 
technology that was off the shelf. Our tech team actually built that entire infrastructure that we used and it went, uh, uh, it went online flawlessly. What I also, so of course, that's my first audience that I'm concerned about is people who are in our global family. Uh, what was also interesting to me is the people that number about the same, by the way, in our network, that were out of our network who, who, uh, who tuned in for some. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I was going to ask you how many people. It was a good number. It was a good number. I don't know that there's a number that anybody out there would be with a, with a million two, uh, about, uh, I think it's about a million eight uh, real estate professionals in the industry in the U.S. and Canada. No number seems high enough, but I will tell you that we were very, very happy with the number of people who participated outside of our network. Even more interesting to me was the number of those who took a few minutes to, to chat me or text me or email me and just say, wow, I, I, I get it. I, it can, I, can I actually buy a ticket next year to your event, even though I'm with X brand? And, and the answer is no, by the way. Uh, you cannot. <laughs> we don't have enough tickets for our own network, but you could certainly uh, you know, join this brand if you're the right, the right fit and, uh, and participate in it. But no, people love the content. They love that we weren't selling and, and that was one of the initiatives going in. We, we made the decision very clearly that we would invite the, net, the, the industry. But what I didn't want it to be, and I've been to a couple of others like this, is I didn't want it to be an infomercial. So the idea yeah. is, no, we're going to let people in, but they're going to see us be us. We're not going to do any join our brand or sign up now or none of that. That was yeah, not there. It, it didn't have that raw, raw recruiting feel. That really wasn't, it isn't the point though. I mean, that's the whole and thing. And that wasn't the point. We were, we were sharing. It was, it was, it was generous. And uh, so, so all, all good. Could we yeah. do better? Absolutely. Always. And we will, and we will figure out ways to be even better next year. Yeah. You know, the, the whole trick to these Zooms and, 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 and uh, sort of virtual meetings and virtual conferences is how do you keep it interesting? You know, like, you know, that people are at home, they don't need to engage. They don't have to pay attention if they don't want to. So how do you make them pay attention? Right. Um, it kind of goes back to the kind of the presentation that I did, which was, you know, a matter of, 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 basically pr producing a poem uh, that was to, to talk about the year. But the, the point wasn't the poem or the message. It was about making it interesting enough that people could, you know, stay online and want to watch it and, and be kind of drawn in by what was being said, you know, and do it in a different way. And also the idea of production value, you know, well, you got to make sure you do something different, right? Well, a couple of, to your point there, uh, one thing that you did in that poem, I mean, I know you created that poem originally for a for a, a shop meeting early in it was the our year. Kickoff sales meeting. Yeah. To yeah. Yep. Uh, you, wanted, you had a lot you wanted to say, and you had you wanted to do it a different way. At the, this was when we were doing everything virtually, mm -hmm. and you created something. But but what you did so successfully in there is you didn't just put yourself in front of a camera and and rambled on. And I think mm -hmm. that's what happens with a lot of these events um, is there's not a story arc. You had an arc. You knew exactly. You had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And your audience got to go through the beginning, middle, and end. And if you watch our uh, uh, EVX, you'll notice there's a beginning, middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not only in the entire event, but also each day of the event. That's so, right. Uh, you know, that's, that's just storytelling. Yeah. And, and that's something I think we, we, we discount a lot of times in our industry, that to be a good salesperson in real estate, a lot of that is wrapped around being a good storyteller. And okay. so as a brand, we have to be a good storyteller. You are being complimentary to our leadership here. But I would uh, I would uh, only underscore your thought about great leadership in this brand because our shops have great leadership with which obviously you and uh, and Greg and, and your team there in in, uh, in, uh, in Vancouver you live up to that as well. So I think that's why your piece was so uh, poignant and and successful because you had a great story there. Uh, you you started off by saying it's been a year 
And then you told us that how about every year wears. Then you made us kind of feel guilty, like maybe we'd done something wrong. <laughs> and then you and then you you flipped it on us and said, no, that's not who you all are. And that's why we are the future of real estate. That's and right. that was exactly the message that I think we all needed to hear. And it was a perfect way to kick off the year's, year's event. And well, by I, the way, if people haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> to your point, this is still available online at evx.evrealestate.com. You can sign in with your Google or Facebook or Apple password, and uh, and you can see all the content for at least the next 30 days. Yeah, I, I actually uh, have sent a few people there since uh, the event, which is kind of cool to be able to kind of recap it and whatnot. You know, the 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 whole idea behind uh, this year is is thinking outside the box and being able to understand how we can grab people's attention. And you mentioned a few things here. You mentioned storytelling, which I think is a massive part of our business that I don't think a lot of people understand. You need to know the story of your client in order to be able to share the, the vision of that house or that property that you're going to be selling. Um, but also... <laughs> you hit on something that I think is incredibly important in our network, which is our leadership and understanding what we need as realtors to be able to sell properties and not just yourself, but, you know, Christian Volker, Stenodia, uh, Stuart Siegel, uh, Greg Karos, you name the, the amount of people that have been extremely successful in real estate and, and, and the value of understanding what an advisor needs in the marketplace. And so, you know, when I watched EVX, I, I was listening to some of the messaging and some of the tales, uh, is it a uh, Bertina? Power, I think, had a... Regina Powers in Chicago, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'd never met her before, and I sent her a note right afterwards, but she gave us a whole bunch, uh, I think it was a top 10 list of, you know, what we need to pay attention to. And I just thought it was really neat that how this network really, uh, you know, feeds our values correctly. You know, competence, exclusivity, and passion. Those are our three, like, very true values within this company. And it starts from the top because the leaders in this company have sold real estate, right? They, they understand what we need to be able to sell real estate. And so moving forward, you know, how are we gonna, how are we gonna present differently or what are we gonna do that's, that's out, of, out of the box? I, I wanna go back before I answer the, the question, which, and I know me well enough, you might have to ask the question again, but I, I wanna say that because it seems so obvious to most people that someone leading a, a, you know, a real estate brand uh, or that someone leading a brokerage uh, has obviously been out in the organ, uh, out on the on the ground on the front lines and selling. And as obvious as that sounds, there's very few major real estate brands who have people in their head offices uh, who have actually sold real estate and know what it's like to go on a listing presentation and and have to to fight for their commission or or go up against you know the 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 number one or the number two or the top five other agents in the marketplace, especially as a newer agent. Um, and, uh, and, and there is a lot of value when, when I joined this brand, one of the things that I loved was that Christian Folkers, uh, had actually sold real estate and not in a way that he said, let me go sell real estate for six months so I can put this on my resume. He actually worked in real estate in the luxury markets in Hamburg, Germany, uh, as, as an agent was a successful agent, uh, before he became a partner. And then ultimately, uh, you know, our, our global CEO and, and, uh, and still remains a, a founder. Um, you know, and, and when he and I were talking the, the first times about me taking this role, uh, his enthusiasm about the fact that I understood what it's like to be at that table, yeah. whether that's a price change or whatever, was something that's extremely valuable. And it does play well because it means the product, the platform that we're creating as, a, as an organization, uh, not only are we continuing to listen uh, to our advisors and our leaders globally, but especially here in the Americas, about the platform that we're creating and the tools we're competing so we can be relevant and competitive in the marketplace, 
Uh, we're also, ba it's based on coming from a place of knowing what it's like. I haven't actually been in a listing presentation personally now for 10 years. And ouch, that hurts to even say it. <laughs> but I've been there enough to know when an agent's telling me, you know, when I'm on my presentation, I'm dealing with this thing. I've got to handle that thing. And that's why this is the answer for me that I can actually not only go, okay, I get it. I'll check that box. I can go, sure. That makes perfect sense. Of course, I would want that as well. And, and that filter is extremely, extremely important. And so I think that's one of the things about the leadership in this brand is they really do understand what it's like to be on the front lines, going after that listing, talking to a, a seller about accepting an offer, talking to a seller about, or about adjusting the price, or talking to a buyer about what it's going to take to actually make you know, that home theirs. How about listening to the advisors? You know, sorry, Anthony, how to how to listen to the advisors that are currently in those markets to really pay attention to what they need. I think if there's one thing about this company that just blows me away from the day we started, it was it was our participation in it. You know, uh, you want to know what we need. Uh, it doesn't mean that we always have to agree on everything or that we have to go the same path. Uh, but I remember calling uh, head office during the very beginning of this pandemic and said, oh, my God, we got to have our digital uh, digital listing presentation like ASAP. And they were like on it. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, 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 and that was a change for us because there's a lot of things about a digital presentation that kind of goes against who we are as a brand. And so it wasn't a matter of just how many resources we put into create something that checks a box, but how does something we create something that checks a box and is still appropriate to the brand that we, we are. And, yeah. uh, and you're right. And, and uh, I, I love those stories. I mean, like you said, we're not always going to agree on everything and we're not always going to be able to provide everyone, everything they, they want or need, but we certainly do our best. And I think we do far better than, uh, than, than any other brand out there when it comes to what we do provide. I know well, we are maybe not in the, in the news as much as some of the others about, all the stuff that we're doing. But the reality is I'll put our platform and our tools up against anyone of any size, any scale, uh, public or not public any day. And, uh, and I think if anybody was uh, truly comparing the two, uh, it's, it's like that old uh, commercial, you know, where you had the burger that was all juicy and looks delicious. And then the little dry one is like, which one are you going to choose? And, you know, the idiot that they had would always choose the dry little sad burger. Well, if anybody's being intelligent, We've got the we've got the beef, if you'll if you will. You know, you know, we're uh, we have the power of yes, is what I say. You know, if you can come into a brand and we can make you a better person, I, I mean, big line I always use it. I can't make you a great realtor. I, that's impossible. It takes hard work. It takes dedication. It takes flexibility. All these things that you have to create yourself in your own life. But what I can do is I can give you all the tools to give you the power of saying yes to your clients because we can do whatever you need us to do essentially. And if we can't, then tell me about it, and I can actually talk to the CEO of the company, and he actually will listen to me. And that's that's actually a really rare effect for a company of the size that we have. It's quite, kind of crazy. And, and one of the things I also like, and, and again, I think we are making this sound a little bit like an Angle and Volker's commercial. Yeah, sorry. But the, but the reality <laughs> is our, if we, if, no, I'm, hey, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on your side. Uh, but I, I will say the one thing I like about it, if we don't do something, I guarantee you there's a reason. Yeah. And, 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 and we can have that conversation. If we don't do it that way, Here's why we don't do it that way. And this is what we do instead. And this is why. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of places, the why is because somebody didn't think about it or they didn't do it or it's too expensive. Our why is usually, no, there's a, there's a real rational reason on why we don't do that. And that's back to, I've been at the listing table. You've that's been right. at the listing table. The information's yeah. come in. 
You might have heard some idea that sounds interesting, but the reality is that is some noise that's being prepared by the industry or somebody who makes their money selling the tool, not actually rec- that wants to help you be successful. Yeah. You're asking for feedback is what you're asking for, which is unbelievable. And, and that's what I appreciate. Like I said, I appreciate the most. So at the risk of not making this sound like too much of a commercial, there's a question that I'd love to ask you. Uh, that's okay, more I don't you. think I answered the other question yet. Either, oh yeah. Well, what I, have is no idea what, I have no idea what that question was just so we uh, full <laughs> disclosure. I, I wasn't trying to, to, a sidestep, but I forgot the question. But go ahead. I think I think Anthony, if you put the two of us onto a, a Zoom call or a podcast like this one, I think we both have to just accept the fact that the conversation is going to go in whatever conversation or any direction it decides to go. Uh, so and you that's know, just I'm the way it's going to go. And that's the beauty of podcasts. If I'm being honest with you, that's what's kind of fun about them. I've been listening to a whole bunch of podcasts. And one of the best parts about it is you don't know where the conversation is going to go or how it's going to go. All you know is you're putting two people in a room and you're giving people an opportunity to listen to it. So, you know, it's enjoy the ride. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what's fun about it. It's it's authentic, right? Um, But this is the question I do want to ask you. And this one I will make you answer me. But is how does a a young boy from Missouri become CEO? of a major company. And, you know, I, I just, like, I sit here myself and sometimes think, how did I even get into the position I am? Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of insecurity over that and stuff like that. So how does, how does that happen? Um, again, I, I think our podcast, I don't know how much our time is for t- today's podcast. <laughs> I've got all I, I the think time in the world. Which version, which, which, uh, which version of the story, uh, that, that we tell, um, I, I will tell you, uh, I think like a lot of people who are, you know, uh, f- further down the road in their, in their, in their lives, uh, you, you say, I know what I wanted my plan to be. And I don't think this is what I ever thought it would be. I will tell you when I was 14 years old, a uh, troubled kid growing up in Missouri, uh, my father handed me a book and the book was called, I dare you. It was written by William Danforth, who was the uh, founder of Ralston Perina. It's a kind of a precursor to think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. But for whatever reason, uh, and I wasn't a student, but for whatever reason in my state, I read that little book from, uh, from cover to cover. And it, and it talked about some of the ideas of, uh, of visualization and affirmations and, and uh, you know, just basics of positive attitude and setting goals. And, uh, and uh, at the time, uh, there were some things on television that I was watching, and I was, I was infatuated with New York City, specifically the Chrysler Building. And somehow I decided in my backyard on my country farm in Missouri that I wanted to be the CEO of a company with a corner office with a view of, uh, of the Chrysler building in New York City. This is at 14. So that, 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 well, there was an implant that said this is something I wanted to do. That's now, from amazing. that point, all the way to, uh, you know, 40 years later when that actually, a little less than that, I guess, 35 years later when that would actually happen, uh, you know, I took a lot of roads. I was uh, I, I moved from my small town to St. Louis. I was part of the original dot com uh, explosion and dot com bomb. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles as part of all of that. Uh, I was definitely an, a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I had my success, uh, my share of of horrible failures, a couple small successes, uh, but for some reason kept going. I would argue that the the successes taught me far less than the failures. And, uh, and those were actually good. I didn't always believe that at the time. Uh, I ended up in Los Angeles, though, as the dot-com bomb was going off. 
And, uh, and I knew I didn't want to go back to Missouri or say I wanted to stay, oddly enough, living on Ocean Avenue at the, near the beach in Santa Monica was very appealing to me. And, uh, and I didn't really want to leave that. You think? And, uh, yeah, I, I, I know that's hard to believe. Uh, but that, that being said, I, uh, I uh, decided to get a, a friend, Tom Hopkins, uh, who was a sales trainer. A lot of uh, people on the call maybe have heard of Tom. But uh, I called Tommy and I said, what do I do? And, uh, you know, I, he said, well, go back out and do your speaking thing. You just need to get your story put together. I go out and to see his buddy, Mike Ferry okay. uh, in, in Palm Desert. Mike yeah. Ferry, I, I go in the room and I, uh, I start working on my license and, and I go see Mike Ferry in the desert. And uh, I see these people walking across the stage selling two and 300 homes in a year and, these, and, and making all this money. And I thought, I guess this is my plan. I've got a big career change coming, so I will get into real estate. Uh, I go back, I get my license. I, I thought I did what all agents would do because I'd worked in business plans. I'd been the CEO of a, of a smaller company, a dot-com that had gone public. Um, I, uh, I wrote a whole business plan on, this is my market. This is where I'm going to specialize. This is how much business I'm going to do. Uh, this is my entire strategy. Again, thinking at that time that any agent getting in a business creates a whole business plan, not mm -hmm. knowing that was absolutely a ludicrous idea, but that's what I did. <laughs> so even before I had my license, then I went to see Mike Ferry uh, at, at Tom Hopkins' uh, uh, suggestion. I see uh, the people walking across the stage and I went back and I completely rewrote my whole business plan because I saw people selling 250 homes. I'm like, well, they can do 250. You know, I can do 50. And, uh, and so with that being said, I, uh, in Santa Monica, by the way, not many people are doing 50, 250 a year no, uh, in the no, market. No. Uh, but uh, I've, I found an independent brokerage to join. Uh, that independent brokerage uh, laughed at me when I said I was going to do 50 homes in my first year. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the end of my first year, I had, not, I had, I, I had, uh, I had failed. I had not achieved my, my goal of 50. I'd only sold 38 Oh, my uh, God, properties. 38's good. <laughs> only 38 in my first year. Not so bad. And uh, became number one in my my office the first year, number one in my uh, in my in my city the second year, number one in my MLS the the third year, uh, wow. and uh, and in the meantime Sotheby's uh, the blue brand uh, had acquired us, and uh, and so I that really helped me up my game uh, quite a bit. But uh, ultimately, I wanted to get back to being a trainer, and uh, so I decided that I was going to uh, retire from real estate. I did very very well in in real estate. My plan was to retire uh, and start a training company, which had always been the goal when I started, but success kept getting in the way. And then failure got in the way because the uh, the financial crisis hit. Told right. you this is, this is the abbreviated version. No, I like but it. I like it. You tell me your whole story. This is fascinating. And I got it all recorded too, which now I can show it. Other it, it it's out there for people to hear. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the reality was the financial crisis came. And like a lot of people, I, I crashed and burned. And, uh, and I had to learn some lessons. And, and, and part of me thought is, now's the time for me to leave. You know, I've had my, my success. I'm going to go out and start my training company. But my, the, the part of me that wants to be authentic said, I can never go out and hold my head up and say, I failed and now I'm here to teach you. So yeah. I need to reinvent myself. And, uh, and I learned a huge lesson along that on authenticity that actually helped me. But the reality is, I did reinvent myself. I came out. I had the uh, the best four quarters of my business uh, after the uh, financial crisis, and uh, and at the same time, Anglin Folkers was looking for someone to help train their uh, advisors in California. Yeah. And uh, and so Sandra Miller, who is uh, you, you know Sandra well, of course, yeah, uh, is our licensed partner in Santa Monica, California. She knew me. We competed friendly in the market, but we knew each other well. She said right. you should. 
you should talk to uh, to us. And uh, I spoke to him. I thought they were trying to recruit me. He's like, no, I don't need you to sell anything. I need you to help other people sell. And I thought, well, this is perfect. I can yeah. retire from selling. I can actually start my own training company on the side. I'll do this gig with B&B for a year uh, while I'm getting <laughs> myself set up. And uh, and once again, success got in my way because yeah. uh, the uh, the fact of the matter is the brand needed some things at the time. And, uh, and they allowed me to be the one to provide those. And, uh, and so I go from working with the brand for a year in California to coming to Los, uh, to uh, New York City as a, uh, a COO and then became the CEO. So it's a awesome uh, it's an abbreviated version of a very long story, a, but uh, happily that's how a kid from Missouri ends up uh, as the CEO. By the way, uh, and, and this is going if to, if I tear up, I, w- I was hoping this was a podcast where you couldn't see me. But uh, <laughs> my, my first day in the office, I, I walk in in New York City. And I walk through Grand Central Station, uh, where the old headquarters was, and up to my office. I walk into the room I've never sat in, which is the CEO's office at the time, and I glance out the Chrysler building right there no in, my, in my in my view. And uh, and and I have to admit, it it really just hit me that this is uh, this is That's where I'm cool. at, and I'm on uh, I'm in I'm in New York City with an uh, office looking out over the uh, Chrysler building. It's so all a little was, serendipitous, isn't it, Anthony? It, it all comes around. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny when I listen to your story though, it, it's so similar to what most people are trying to do in their life, you know, and understanding the value of building relationships. Like you made a, you made an interesting comment there and it's something that I know our brand makes. Uh, I think we all deal very well in, but it's, it's about working well with others, right. And collaborating and not being scared of your competition, but working with oh. your competition and how you just mentioned that it was a relationship with Sandra, who would have been your competitor uh, in a market uh, that was somebody that took you and introduced you to what your uh, 14-year-old self was dreaming about all along, you know? I I jokingly say that that was her being a true competitor because she got me out of the market. (laughs) That's a good point, Uh, actually. But but, but, but in all all honesty, we we rarely, if ever, actually competed head-to-head. But yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I always jokingly say that was her being very, very savvy. She got me right out of the marketplace to open it wide up. Yeah. You know, again, though, like um, how we how we meet people or how things happen in our lives. I I you know, the the fact that I'm sitting here on a podcast talking to the CEO of our company, I can tell you that in previous times in my life, I would have never guessed that this this is the position I'd be in and leadership and whatnot. And and it's always interesting how things happen, but you just got to be open to it. And you brought up, uh, you know, reading books about uh, visualizing and manifesting and, and all that sort of stuff, which I truly didn't believe in, but realize now that I look back on it, I actually did all the time. I just didn't really realize I was doing it in a, in a useful way, if that makes sense. And so it's, it's really neat to hear other stories like that of how people sort of visualize something for themselves and then just went after it. Sort of kind of let it happen. Maybe that's a better way. And I think I I let, and and I think that you get out of the way. I mean, uh, the, the reality is I think we all have dreams. Uh, and then, which is a type of visualization. And, um, and, and usually as we see that some of our dreams can come true when we put a little effort behind them, then it only encourages us to create you know, bigger dreams and, 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 uh, and widen that, uh, you know, the, the, the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, consistency and patience are very, very important. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, I didn't go from being 14 to the next year. I'm, not that it doesn't happen for some people, but I mean, there's a long journey with a lot of ups and downs, a lot of successes and, and far more failures. Uh, in that time. And sometimes it's tough to remember that you do have to literally get back up, brush yourself off, uh, you know, and and uh, collaborate with others and and sometimes do the job you don't want to do for a while. 
mm-hmm. until you can do the job that you want to do, and it helps you get to the job that maybe is the is the dream. And so, that's right. I uh, you know, I'm, yes I'm one of those overnight successes that only took 40 years. Yeah, 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 an overnight success. Do you still feel that sometimes you have to pinch yourself and you're like, I can't believe I'm actually like sitting in this spot? Like, I, all, no. all, of, all the time. And, oh. I, you know, there's that. Uh, one of the things I get to do and I love doing it, and I don't think you've been there yet. If you have, you're going to correct me, is uh, one of the things I, I do every year as I host, I didn't get to do it last year, as an annual event called the Elite Retreat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. this is an event that is opened up to members of our elite, uh, elite club or people who are doing you know, well in our business. And uh, it's a limited seating. I think there's 50, 50 seats every year. And each time we have a topic that we go in on. And, and a couple of years ago, um, it was on fearlessness. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and it was really uh, enlightening because uh, a lot of times the topic that we do is something I'm dealing with at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, this is pre-COVID and all of that. But one of the fears that a lot of us has is that fear of being exposed, that eventually mm-hmm. people are going to catch on and realize that he shouldn't be the CEO. He shouldn't be the leader. She shouldn't be doing, you know, million dollar or $5 million homes. You know, somebody's mm-hmm. going to catch me. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's a pretty common one. And no, I absolutely, I, I keep thinking someday Christian Volkers is going to go, ah, we figured you out. You're, you're out of there. Uh, but, uh, but that rarely happens because the fact is that's just, we are who we are. If we do the right thing consistently over time, success will follow. Truth is we're all human and we're all, we all started somewhere. One of the quotes I have in one of my uh, recruiting brochures is, uh, are you in, do you feel insecure? Well, guess what? So does everybody else, you know, don't underestimate yourself and don't overestimate your competition. Uh, you, you don't know. And if you can be truthful and honest and authentic, I think that's what our brand teaches people the most of, or at least for me, that's what I felt is that you've kind of awakened me to the fact that what I did in my business was the right thing. And that's why I was successful. Not because I got lucky, there's a lot of luck involved in everything that we do. We can got to appreciate that as well. Uh, but you really taught me how to do things. I'll actually tell a story to the audience here because I think that they'll find it interesting is you did a, a quarterly call with me not long ago and uh, we we're on a Zoom chat and we, we started talking about the book uh, Ninja Selling, which uh, by Larry Kendall and uh, you were kind enough uh, type of person that you are. That I, it was in my mail two days later and as soon as I got a, a book from you, I was like, I better start reading this thing. And I felt like I was reading my memoir of how I did business, I just had no system to it. You know, like I didn't truly understand the value of being authentic, the value of doing nice things for people, being a team player, building relationships, all these things that I think our network does an amazing job of. And I think real estate needs to do more of, because I think a lot of people think they're in competition uh, with everybody. And in actual fact, they're not, you know, and, and if we just work well together, you can find your way in really great places. So thank you for the book, by the way. We ended up giving it to everybody in our shop uh, because of that. It's it's a great book. And what I love about that, Larry was very smart. And there's others who have done it as well. Um, but I mean, what when I read that book, uh, like you, I thought, oh, I, I could have written this. This is this yeah. is my belief. This is how it this is how I operated. Uh, when I used to go to Brian Buffini events, I'd go, yes, yes, yes. It just yeah. kept validating what I what I believe is the right way to operate. And and not only do I believe it and do you believe it, if you start talking to successful people in this business, they maybe have never read that book or any of those books, but I guarantee you they're working in that space. That's yeah. how they're doing business. But, but again, Larry has uh, has systemized it in a, in, a, in a great way. 
and it's easy to digest and understand. And, and uh, yeah, and the, uh, and the segment of realtors that the segment of realtors that are working in that space, like uh, I can see not just from our company, but there's other obviously great realtors sure. in every company. And uh, there's other great realtors that I can tell are kind of working in that space as well. And they're the ones you want to work with. They're the ones you want to put things together with. They're the ones who are open and honest with one another about what's going on. And it just is a better place for our business in general to be a little bit more, uh, I, I keep using the word genuine or authentic. Like that's the, that's what I think uh, we need to be more of. And that kind of goes into oh. a, a whole nother conversation, but. Well, I, if you, if you allow me, uh, I'll, I'll, two things, uh, authenticity. I think you've set me up to tell a story there that uh, I haven't shared uh, publicly. I've shared it at one of my events a couple of years ago, the event on happiness, but let me, let me come back to something else. You, I do believe that there's so much noise in this industry, mm -hmm. whether it's the noise that we hear on, uh, you know, the trade uh, publications, mm -hmm. uh, the noise that we hear at the water cooler in our in our in our shops. There's so much noise about all of the competition, and you're absolutely right. Most of us are not competing with the 1.8 million people who are in this business. Mm -hmm. Most of us are competing with maybe two or three other people in our market, mm -hmm. and those are the two or three other people who you need to be able to beat. And mm -hmm. you need to know why someone's going to choose you over one of those people. When I first started in Santa Monica, you know, I looked around where the competition was and I decided to go where their competition was not as fierce. And that's where I started my business. Um, and uh, I, I, it's just, if you know who those competitors are, you don't have to worry about what all the world is doing, all the market is doing. Just know what the people are doing in the area you want to win. And there's going to be one of those people who is your exact opposite. You are their alternative. So you don't want to be them. Let them be them. You be yourself. And the others, you just need to find out what it is that makes you better than them. And then just go be that authentically all the way. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's 50% of the battle right there. Oh yeah. And you treat, you treat every experience about the client. It's not about you. It's about the client experience. And if you get them, we, you, you mentioned raving fans, having raving fans. I mean, if you create raving fans, you have a network of your own that's going to take over and just take care of you. Essentially, you take care of them, they'll take care of you. That's the best Absolutely. way of putting it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and be your authentic self. I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, you, you, you brought up authenticity. I think that's so, so important. I could tell you a, a longer story that I'm not sure if our time would permit. I but mean, I can all tell the you, time in the world for you, Anthony, just so you know. <laughs> I, I will tell you, you know, uh, that I am someone uh, for a long time. I'm from a small rural area and I was competing in a metro area. So I was trying to be something who I was not. Mm. Uh, I happened to be a gay guy that was growing up in a, 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 an area and a time uh, where that was not something that was necessarily going to get you ahead, could actually set you, you back. And so I learned at a very young age that for me to be successful, that I needed to be something who I was not. And I would put on airs. I would dress in ways. I would I, you know, I couldn't find a Rolex, but I would buy that, you know, that Folex, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I do all the things to make myself look like I was more or different than who I was. And uh, not surprisingly, uh, that didn't work because the, the, those who know, know, they see your, you know, they see you're wearing the Folex instead of the Rolex. Uh, what they, they don't see somebody who's aspiring to a Rolex. They see somebody who is being fraudulent about who they are. That's right. Um, and, 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 I, and I didn't learn those lessons over and over my life. And I think that slowed my success down in a lot of ways because I wasn't telling the, the story of who I was. As I eventually uh, you know, said, wait, being from central Missouri is not a bad thing. Uh, being being a gay guy is not a bad thing. Know your market, but but still, that's not a bad thing. Um, I, you know, that's when I started experiencing success. But one of my greatest stories uh, on on authenticity, 
uh, comes from during the financial crisis. I was telling you that things were going well and all of a sudden I crashed and burned. Well, let me explain what crash and burn meant. For me, I'm someone who is doing very, very well. I'm earning, you know, in excess of a million dollars a year. I'm, you know, top at, uh, at, uh, at the brand that I'm a part of. I'm obviously top in my market, my shop. I'm doing a lot of business. And then suddenly things were not going that way. Yeah. Um, you know, my business deteriorated to a point uh, that I made a lot of mistakes. I kept team members on that I couldn't afford and kept paying them. I kept spending money on marketing that I shouldn't have. And I found myself in a, in a horrible situation where basically I was losing everything. Mm. Uh, I was on the verge of losing my house. Um, oh my. Yeah. It was a, there was a day that I, I'll never forget this day. Uh, and, and I told the story for the first time last year or two years ago at our happiness retreat. There was a, a, a day about, uh, uh, this is quite a while ago, but uh, that Sean and I woke up and uh, we realized that we needed more dog food. We were out of food for the dog and we didn't have any money. I mean, mm. none. Um, and we had pulled all the coins out of the bottom of the car and all that. We couldn't even afford to put gas in our car. Now we're living in Malibu overlooking the ocean, <laughs> so, yeah. but, but, but still we didn't have the money. So yeah. uh, in our, in our bedroom, we had the, you know, the, the dish that you put all the coins at the end of the day. And uh, we take it all the silver out of that over the months ahead. Now, by the way, we're selling furniture off at that time to keep ourselves uh -huh. afloat. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Now, the market didn't know that. I'm hiding all of this because you know it's a it's a tough time, and I know that I have to be putting on the 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 uh, the, the the show that I'm very successful. Otherwise, I'm not going to be good in, in, in business. Mm -hmm. So that day, Sean and I, uh, you take all that money, to, we put it together. It's like ten bucks. We walked two miles to buy a fifty pound uh, thing of dog food. By the way, good exercise carrying fifty pounds of dog food back for two miles. Um, and uh, we're we're kind of feeling sorry for ourselves, and everything is down. And uh, we're, we're, we're sitting there and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of us, I'm not sure, started laughing. And then the other one was laughing and it wasn't a crazy laugh. It was a, wait a minute, if this is our bottom, sitting in our living room in our designer home in mm. Malibu, California, looking out over the beach, even though we might not have this much longer, this is not such a horrible place to be. Mm. The very next day, I get a call from a, a potential client and this, uh, this client is talking to me and he's tough and I'm walking around the pool we sold the pool heater, by the way. I'm walking around <laughs> the pool with my cell phone, trying to convince this guy that he needs to list his property with me. And uh, and he's telling me about all of his woes and how life is bad and how he lost his job because of the financial crisis and all of this. And uh, and I gave him some advice and he finally just stops me all of a sudden. He goes, hey, I don't want to hear it. Unless you know what I'm going through, I don't need you to tell me how I feel. Mm -hmm. And for some reason in that moment, I went, whoa. I know exactly how you feel because I'm going through the exact same thing you are. Yeah. And it changed the relationship so fast. I got that listing and he told his other buddies that were going through the exact same issue. And I became the guy that people who are losing their houses uh, that were CEOs and executives. And I'm talking nice houses. It would be a lot uh, of them too during that they time were coming in that area. To me. And by the way, that changed my business because my four great quarters came out of me being authentic about who I was and my experience. So one more time in life, life, I needed to be taught that authenticity is the right answer. So me being honest with who I was, where I was at, being able to, to share that with my client was actually what I put a lot of my, my last year of success on is, is that true authenticity. Yeah, it really being, does make a difference. Not being afraid to share these things is actually really, really important because if it, one thing in the book, uh, going back to the, that's a great story, by the way, and I'm glad everything worked out uh, for you. It, it, I think a lot of people- So far, so good. 
I love, yeah, so far so good. I know a lot of people uh, don't actually understand the the severity of that that market crash and what really affected a lot a lot of people oh, that tough. were stuck there. But it was really tough. Um, what I was going to say is that uh, when you when I read uh, Ninja Selling, one of the things that was uh, that I didn't do enough of that I think is is being authentic to the client base that you want to attract because then you're going to be dealing with the right type of people that are going to have the same compassion for you that you have for them. Does that make any weird sense? It makes so perfect sense. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. I, I think so often we are trying so hard to be everything to everyone yeah. that we end up being nothing to no one. And, uh, and, and, and I think there might be an exception to this rule, but, but, but generally speaking, I think that's what you, you want to be. Be yourself. Uh, people used to talk about on, on social media, and I think this is a little dated because I think we've kind of we've progressed beyond this, but the idea is I needed to have my business persona and my, and yeah, my, my yeah. real persona. Mm-hmm. And the idea is my business persona. Well, what would happen is everybody create these business personas that were boring as hell. Nobody wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, they didn't connect with anybody on the other side either because they were always uh, sanitizing everything to a point that it never, they never were their true selves. Yeah, I'm a big believer. Be who you are. Be authentic, um, yeah. and and you will find that you will attract more people like yourself. They're much more fun to work with. They're great clients. They see things. They appreciate who you are and what you're doing. And and yes, you may actually push away a few people. And I think this is where a lot of us in this business are so worried about pushing away yeah. that one client that we forget that we could pull on five more if we were just being, and by the way, it's so much easier to be yeah, so it's just true say, it's, and honest. It's so it's much easier. easier to work with people you like anyway, uh, here, and people here, that you agree with. Here's the exception. And here's the exception for your, for, especially for your American audience. Uh, politics is one of those that I, I have a different opinion on because I, I think the reality is, especially in the climate that we're in right now, if I want to be my authentic self uh, all the way, and especially if my authentic self is is extreme on either side of that of that spectrum, uh, right now, that might turn off 50% of my audience yeah, yeah, yeah. and not yeah. just turn them off, but totally turn them off. Yeah. So I'd be cautious with, with that in, my, in, in the markets that we're in right now, because one thing that we learned in the U.S., of course, is there really aren't red states and blue states. There's a lot of purple states. It's a lot yeah. of 50-50. It's and and if you're purple. going to go, yeah, it's, it's, it's all very purple. So yeah. that being said, I, that might be the one exception is to be, I'm not saying don't be who you are, no, but no. that might be one of the places I might pull back just a little bit so you don't alienate uh, you know, a, a big part of your audience. Yeah. You want people to be led into your lifestyle and your, your family and your children and what you like to do and your hobbies and all that sort of stuff. But we don't need to be trying to use uh, social media to try to sway somebody in one direction or another, just be yourself and don't have to kind of over overdo exactly. it is a good way of putting it. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. Exactly. We're not, you know, that's what it, the danger of, I think what's happened over the last year is that uh, people's voices uh, much like I, I actually said it at the very beginning of this podcast, we have this ability now to be able to just have a podcast, have a production done, get it out there on YouTube. And then you have a following of people that can follow you. And if you, if you're not doing it uh, in a responsible way, you could use it for all sorts of wrongdoing as well as all sorts of good. So I think that's the balance that we have to find right now through this pandemic because i think in our industry uh if there's something that kind of sort of gets me the wrong way it's it's people that are being something that they're not online or 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 a lot of people that are sort of portraying themselves as a super realtor but they're really just new in the business just be new in the business it's okay you know what there's a way to play there's a way to play that that works out really well yeah yeah just be yourself when i was when i was a top agent i was never as concerned about the other top agents as I was that newbie that I didn't know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that newbie <laughs> that I didn't know was the one that could really cause some 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 issues for me. 
they're the ones that are going to disrupt the business, right? And I think mm-hmm. I think if if one thing we're noticing right now over this last year is that there's a lot of disturbers, a lot of disruption coming into our business. And I, it's actually a question I wanted to bring up with you because our whole brokerage model is built on you know beautiful shops, excellent advisors, uh, very social, uh, like to be one on one. Our listing presentation, which is a which is something that we 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 strive to do in house in our shops, uh, you know, and all of this. Can can kind of be, let's call it, it's been changed a little bit, right? And um, uh, basically, where was I going with this question? I, I've just lost my train of thought. But uh, really, how is the brokerage model going to change based on new things that are happening in technology uh, based on the previous year? I mean, is it going to have a major effect on us? I think I think uh, major effect is, is one of those things that's relative because, I mean, the fact is, uh, are we going to continue to evolve as an industry? Yes. Are certain parts of the industry going to evolve or change more than other parts? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, if I'm working in a market where everything is cookie cutter and where technology um, can do 99% of my job as, a, as an agent today, I would be questioning my choices mm-hmm. uh, because I, I think that if, if technology can replace you, technology will replace you. That's mm-hmm. just all there is to it. Um, uh, I think I mean, there's even, I think you've said that if, if technology uh, can replace your service, then you're really not providing a, a, a service. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I think Angle and Fogers though is uniquely uh, positioned. We're not a big box uh, shop operation. So you're not going to see shops that have, you know, 500 people uh, inside of them. And we're not a, uh, you know, a, a place where people are coming and going on a regular basis. Uh, we, we're, we're a place that people come and usually stay because they, they like the way we do business. And we cater to people who want, uh, you know, our, 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 as our statement says, discerning individuals. We mm-hmm. cater to people who appreciate the, 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 the expertise that we bring to the conversation. Uh, they expect us to use technology to make their life simpler, but not to replace what we do. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. So I don't think our model, I think our model will evolve, of course. But I think the idea that our iconic shops are going to be there, absolutely. People still are going to need a place. To, to shake hands and to go through whatever that experience looks like a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Uh, yeah. Also, I think that that also shows a commitment to the markets we're in. Uh, you know, our shops are not just places where we conduct real estate business. Our shops are places where we, uh, you know, host, uh, host events for our communities, mm-hmm. uh, where our communities uh, have meetings. Uh, so our shops are more than just a place that it's not just an office. Uh, you know, it really is more to that. It's, it is a venue in the middle of the markets that we serve. And so I think that also shows our commitment uh, to that. So I don't think the shop concept is going to go away. Um, I don't think the idea that we're going to work at that uh, on the upper end of that spectrum and mm-hmm. take care of the clients who who appreciate what we do and, and understand that we can actually save them money uh, mm-hmm. or we can make that process easier, right. uh, even easier. though we're not a discount brokerage. Uh, I, I think those clients are going to be there. And by the way, one thing I know about this, and we hear all these disruptors, you know, if you if you look back in the history of real estate uh, in the Americas, one brand in the 80s, uh, and it's still a brand that's out there, had about an 11% uh, market share. That's that's the highest ever of any one brand, 11% in the, in the Americas. And the fact is they only had it for a couple of years and then it deteriorated. And that brand now has a, a minuscule amount, you know, a couple percentage points of of market share. No other brand has ever gotten to that point. So even if one of the new ideas uh, out there, the new technology, the new whatever does get a market share of, let's just say 20%, 
there's still 80% of the market who's not buying into that way of doing business. Right. And we're on that upper, we're in that top category. You made that top 20, 30% of people who do have a, a different expectation. Uh, there's very few competitors here because it's not easy to do it the way we do it. It is better. And there's a lot more to be made as an agent in this world. And there's a lot more satisfaction and, and uh, that we can get out of doing business our way. But a lot of people aren't going to do the work. And, yeah. uh, and so that's fine. Let them, let them be that part of that 20 percent of that 50 percent will 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 be just fine and not only just fine i think we will actually see uh there, there's going to be and we've seen it over the last couple of years a lot of success is going to come out of who we are uh as this niche is one that people appreciate even more right you know i i think um th- there's going to be the there's going to be two bigger divides i think in between the there's no middle ground anymore it's either the haves or the have-nots i think technology will allow uh easier technology to be able to buy or sell a house if that's what you choose to do but uh you know it's like people talk about zillow and zestimates and all that sort of stuff well that's that's the same as me going on to webmd and trying to get a di- diagnosis it's just without the background or the advisor it's near impossible to use uh but people will sway that way because they think it's easier whatnot but then there's us on the other spectrum which i think it's the idea of taking care of people the advisors versus agents which i think is really really important uh, uh, you know desertion between it is that we are out there to advise you correctly but also our brokerages are there to support the lifestyle of real estate which i think is also very important very unique to our company so at the risk of being a commercial again um you know i i think that the big difference is is that the full service sort of attitude that we have towards not just our clients as in the consumer, but also our clients as in the advisor, I think is going to be a real draw uh, moving forward because as technology advances, it also takes over your life. I mean, you can't spend all day doing social media. You can't spend all day doing all this sort of stuff. So we're here to provide that for you. We're going to, we're going to help you through it. We're going to teach you. We're going to, we're going to be better trainers, which I guess is what uh, was your ultimate goal back in the day. Anyway, you're ultimately training us. It all, it all comes together. I yeah. will talk about the technology aspect because I think here's where there's the opportunity uh, for you to be displaced in this business. I'm trying mm-hmm. to buy my mother a car in Missouri. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to finance it. I just can go buy the car. So when I was in Missouri a couple uh, weeks ago, I went to four or five dealerships, um, showed up first thing in the morning with the idea that I was going to walk in, I was going to find the car, I was going to buy the car and be done with it. Well, I ended up going to dealerships over three days. Um, most of them never returned my phone calls. No, most of them never listened to what I wanted. And the reality was at the end of the day, a week later, their their automatic system started kicking in saying, if I'm here for you, if you need me and yeah, yeah, text yeah. me is my, my client. Like, no, you're not. I actually wanted you a week ago when I wanted to buy the car. Mm-hmm. So I ended up leaving Missouri without a car bought for my mom. And that was frustrating. When you tell your mom you're going to buy our car, you want to buy our car. Uh, and now this was a, a used car. So I, I find this online service and, uh, and and this is a place that will deliver a car. You buy it and they deliver it to your house. They pick up your trade in and you've got a week to return it if you don't like it. <laughs> like, wow, okay, this is cool. So I do some shopping for the car. I find what I want. Um, I push a button and I put it on hold within minutes, maybe even seconds. I get a phone call from a guy, by the way, in, in Canada, in your neck of the woods. And uh, he's asking me questions. I told him what I liked, what I didn't like. He helped me with the one little issue, and I ordered the car. Awesome. Um, that that guy is not a salesperson. That guy mm-hmm. was a, a person who was getting paid an hourly wage to he's do taking what he an order. Doing. He did it very well. Yeah. But that all of those dealerships, all of those brick and mortar, all of those people run commission. 
they were absolutely displaced because they didn't bring any value to that transaction. To the, to the contrary, they were actually the friction in the transaction. Right. Now, buying a house is different, but yes. there are some similarities there. Uh, I will also, that's something I think we all need to be watching about. Are you, the, are, you, are you adding value? Are you adding the value you need to for the amount the client is paying? And at the end of the day, are, or are you creating friction? And even if you are adding value, are you creating friction along the way? And that's where our technology that we're working on and we're already delivering is so important because we're trying to help reduce the frictions as well. But yeah, there make is it a, as there's easy a as lesson possible. to be learned there that we all need to think about. Yeah, at the end of the day, pick up the phone. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the answer. Yeah. I worked. Yeah, what, I did a year of car system, sales, and I'll tell you what: you're the dream phone call. You know, I want to buy a car yeah. for my mom. Oh, yes, want, sir. I, let's I, do I, this. I can afford it. I want to buy it now. I don't want to get. Yeah. It. I just, and I know what I want. Just just sell me the freaking car. Yeah, every so, dealership owner in Missouri. And, uh, right so now is yeah, I think why. there's a lot of lessons in, in that little. Oh, yep. There, yeah. Tons and by of the way, this was a dealership that my family had bought cars from for years. Yeah, really. So you actually had a previous experience with these people and they still didn't? I, I didn't personally. My family has though for three generations. I would have been the third generation, but uh, I'll be the first generation who bought mine using technology uh, yeah. outside of outside of the area. I guess. Yeah, that's, and that's a, a super, I mean, my that, car, is, I guess. that is a really interesting point you bring up, Anthony, because I, I, I mean, I've been saying it to people all along. We got to embrace this technology and learn how to deal with it and do it in more creative ways and have fun with it. You know, I, I was going to bring up the, you know, the studio that you've uh, built in New York City in the Park Avenue office, right? You built built a studio to be able to, you know, be able to do better yep. productions and production value is going to be just as important we, uh, as other things. Oop. Sorry, you froze there for a second, Anthony. Just in the same way, I'm, I'm looking at you right now on the, on this. You've got a you know you. Oh, am I am I back? Yeah, you're good. Am I back? Yeah, we got you. Hello. We, can you not hear us, Anthony? Okay, there we go. Yeah. So, we, we I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear oh, me? I got you hey. now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Shoot. Good. Good. Well, we were talking about how great technology is, but sometimes it's uh, it's not. Connectivity is still a bit of the uh, the challenge. That's right. No, but you were saying, like a lot of us over the last year and a half. Are we there? Yeah. I'm, I can hear you. Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah. yeah, I can hear you fine, Anthony. Okay. Yep. Okay, good, good, good. As we were saying about technology over the last year and a half, you know, one of the things we've learned is not only is it the technology, you know, how good is your connection, how good is your camera and your lighting and your and your microphone, but also the set behind you, the way things look mm -hmm. is something that's also important. We're we're uh, seeing a lot of people's living rooms and bedrooms and kitchens and backyards and and office spaces, and and uh, and that is the new way of, of 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 making assumptions about a person. In the same way, that's maybe true. the clothes we wear or the car we drive, uh, right. and so that's important. You've got a great set behind you. Well, one of the things uh, as we're doing a lot more uh, delivering a lot more uh, digital content here is we wanted to take that to a different level as well. So mm -hmm. uh, we have built a, a state of the art studio here in New York City. Uh, we will be able to use it for uh, future podcasts, but also for future training. And uh, we used it uh, as an anchor uh, location for our EVX. Mm -hmm. uh, the studio wasn't completely done, but we made it happen. And, good to uh, me. And so it, 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 didn't, it didn't look too bad. But uh, yeah. behind the scenes, you got to see a few things. That, and I'm going to guess even if you go down to a, you know, a, a, a Today Show or something like that, they've got a few things behind the scenes that aren't right there, like they need to be. But we're really excited about it. We will be using it as an anchor uh, for a lot of content for our network and also some content for the industry. And I think, once again, we will lead the way in an area that I haven't seen by any other brand. And that's, that's who we want to be. 
So I absolutely love the idea of doing like a CNN style sort of news desk where we can go across the globe and talk to different agents all or advisors, sorry, pardon me, all over the yeah. world and kind of get perspective of what's happening. I think the most exciting thing that's happened for me out of uh, COVID and in, in, in this pandemic has been connecting with the different groups and shops all over our North American network. And I've been in office meetings with other people and we just had Dawn Maddox on uh, our last podcast and I predicted that she ah. was in the cup. So let's give a shout out to Dawn Maddox for uh, you, you predicted it? What's that? I, I did. I said on my podcast, you can go back and listen to it. As I, ah. I predicted that they were going to win and, and, uh, and they did. So I was so happy to see Yeah, that. they did. And that was, uh, I, we are not always good at keeping secrets. Yeah, we're not well, always good at keeping secrets. And uh, you, 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 you were ahead of it there, but uh, she was certainly surprised when we showed up. She might've awesome. had a suspicion that she was going to win, but she was certainly uh, surprised. So, so I'll I'm tell you a secret. In and the your night vision. Before, the night before the event, she texted me and she said, you know, Jack's, uh, was it Jack who came into the, uh, yeah. so Jack's coming. That might be a good sign. We might actually be winning this thing. That was the night before she won, which I thought was really funny. And so when she won, I said, hey, oh, you got Anthony too, which I thought was great. Uh, so. I'll, I'll tell you a secret about that. She invited Jack about a month before. Okay. And we were trying to find out how to get him an invitation. And we were looking at all these clever ways to do it where she wouldn't know. Uh, because we know quite a far in advance how it's going to play out. Yeah. And uh, and all of a sudden, I remember Jack sitting in the chat. I just got invited, and we're like, yes. Uh, so uh, so she she invited Jack. Uh, oh, though, uh, I, I can't I can't remember how she phrased it to me, but, but no, it was yeah, something about him coming there. I think he is was what coming. it was. And uh, we were and, it was we we did uh, that, that was fun. That was a lot of fun, and it was really nice. It was interesting to me, uh, and and we don't. Uh, Jack was actually the one who said this too, because that was all said and done. Uh, we were uh, having a, 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 a little bite to eat before we headed out. And uh, and he said, you know, what's is interesting, we'll probably never do that again. Because yeah. the reality is that usually something that's done in a big room yeah. with all the pomp and circumstance that's on the stage and it happens. And then you go back, you know, you're a cup winner. Uh, <laughs> you go back to your place and with your group and we yeah. go on to the next thing of producing the next part of the show. Yeah. In this scenario, the show was over. That's where it ended uh, for that for that evening. And, uh, and we got to actually hang around for about an hour and a half afterwards and listen to them do their awards and talk oh, about the brand and, 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 and talk about each other and just show the, 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 the relationship that they have there that we magnified, whether it be throughout you know, uh, uh, Montana or throughout the, uh, the U.S. or throughout Canada and the Americas or throughout the globe. It was just a nice little microcosm of that. And it really made us feel really good about who had won the cup, yeah. but also about who we are as a brand. Yeah, um, we, did, we don't usually get to do that. It was really nice. I think you picked a great winner this year. I can say they've done like what they've done in Montana is really special. As far as I can tell, she also works her butt off. She's got a similar story to you. Hey, she get in, got into real estate. It was an instant success, uh, obviously through hard work and so on, but really successful at the very beginning. Uh, but I will give a couple of shout outs to my friends in Ottawa and Halifax who are both nominated I was say. and, and Canadian and fabulous John King and Donna Harding and all those. I, so oh. I'm going to just give them yeah. a plug anyway. So I may predict it, Montana, but the, the Canadian East Coast is doing pretty good, too. <laughs> I, I will tell you that that, that is I, I am uh, I'm very fortunate because I do not cast a vote um, yeah. in, in the uh, in the cup every year, uh, because, partially because I don't want to ever be in a situation where I have to be that decision maker. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it off on everyone else. You're saying you didn't vote for us we, back in the day? 
I, I did not. I was not part of the boat. I, I get to show up and be there and hand you the be a part of handing you the uh, the cup. But yeah. the reality is, uh, when we started doing that, it might have been a little easier. But every year it gets mm. harder and harder and harder because there are so many deserving shops that don't even get the nomination. No, I can't even uh, imagine. And then there's the shops that get the nomination, the stories, uh, and, and and the research that we do to make that decision. I mean, uh, Jill and her team. I mean, we 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 go back and we we look at all the social media of all the advisors in the office. We look at the office. We look at the marketing. We look at the 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 growth when it comes to the financial success, the market share. I mean, uh, the, the the number of. I mean, we look at so many pieces, and it gets to a point that it becomes. And I was telling Don this: it's not about how great you are; it's then about how many mistakes that you make because everyone that's in the running has done an amazing job. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, that person one time did that one thing for a half a second, they fixed it, but that still was the one point that, and that's about how this is. When we when we pick a cup winner, it's like the Olympics. I mean, it's a fraction of a fraction yeah, of a fraction of a I can imagine between between the winner and uh, and the next five uh, uh, nominees. Well, I think in a pandemic year, uh, a, an area like Montana winning seems appropriate to me because, you know, people are going to the wide open spaces and probably they had a greater effect than anybody as far as how how the pandemic affected their life and their markets. I mean, they don't have they got all these people kind of looking for fresh air and looking for something new and they had to really adapt. So I, I think they did a fabulous job. I, I know I've kept really great contact with Don over the years and I just, they're, they're, it's an incredible, so, incredible yeah. team there. And by the yeah. way, my first time in Montana, I can see why real estate's doing well in Montana. It's yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's beautiful. We, we serve a lot of beautiful markets. You're, not so shabby there in. No, uh, I was going to say Montana either. and British Columbia have a lot of similarities. So maybe there's a lot of beauty there, there. A lot of beauty. A lot of beauty. A lot yeah. of reasons why people want to live there. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know, we say we are where our clients are in the world's most beautiful locations. Yeah. Do you got any? Do you got any new uh, new locations that we need to know about? How many are we in North America right now? Do you do you have a? We're at two hundred and sixty. Uh, two hundred and sixty. Some. I think we have a new one opening uh, this this week. We opened in the last eighteen months. 52 new locations Whoa. in the Americas. Wow. 52. That's crazy. Uh, and I actually said 18 months. It's actually 15 months. In the last 15 months, we've opened 52 new locations and uh, and all just really beautiful, beautiful locations and beautiful markets. And uh, so our, our uh, you know, we're, we're not about being the biggest, but we are about being the best yeah. and making sure that we cover all the places where where strong advisors and discerning clients yeah. uh, want to be served. And there's still a lot of places for us to open, but we're, yeah. we're coming. We're not for everybody and not everybody's for us. Is that the, the best way of putting it? But I like that. But the people who are with us uh, are, are great people. So you mentioned great locations, great shops, but usually with that comes the great people, you know, and that's what oh. I think makes us so strong is I just think about the amazing group of people that I've met as a part of this network that are so valuable to me and my business growth in Vancouver and no other, no other company can ties people together like we do or, or, sort of initiates it, I guess is a good word for it. But, um, you know, so I know we all really missed the EVX this year because of the fact that we weren't in person, but, you know, we all still tend to communicate with each other and we still seem to be yep. sharing ideas and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. We still find a way to do that. And, yeah. um, yeah, no, I, without any doubt about it, but you know, I say this when I, when I, back in the day when I could go to grand openings and unfortunately I haven't been to one now for quite a while, uh, even though we've had a lot of them, the, the reality is, when we go into a market, you know, we, we are looking for the, the right, the right fit. Mm-hmm. And, and while it may be you and, and Greg or, or Don or, 
or whomever that is the leader of the shop. It might be our first interaction. Ultimately, when we're deciding who we want to partner with, we're looking at everyone. And, uh, and as I was talking about this cup a moment ago, you know, we looked at everyone, not just Dawn. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think that's why this brand is what it is. Totally. Um, because it's not just one person here and one person there. Uh, you know, there is a mindset, uh, that, that this brand mm -hmm. brings and, and it's, and it's a, it's a mindset of, of people who maybe have a, a shared idea about how this industry should work, a shared idea about how clients should be treated. Um, but we're not locked in either while we have a lot of tradition and heritage. We also believe in evolving, but we start with a shared mindset to begin with, and then we all evolve together from there. And I think that's what makes us different than the other brands that, uh, that I've been a part of or that I, that I know of. Well, me too. And I've been a part of other brands and, and similar brands. And I can tell you, it is what the difference is. It's, it's the connections that we have to the people that we have and the way that we all focus on doing business in a similar manner. And we all love to collaborate, which I think is number one. I mean, uh, having having the support we had at the beginning of this pandemic from yourself and uh, the leadership group, uh, it just it felt like a big hug, <laughs> if I want to put it that way. I, no, that makes sense, and I think that's what it was in the in the early yeah. days because I think yeah. we were all looking. Uh, I, I, you know, hugs go both ways, and I think yeah. we were we were giving those hugs with the idea we were getting them back too because yeah. you know yeah. we we didn't know what it was going to be, and and we made some some big decisions here. You know, most of our competitors, if not all of our major competitors, you know, got rid of a lot of their programs uh, yeah. as the pandemic, within days of the pandemic really starting and, and before the end of March last year. And then a lot of our competitors uh, reduced their other uh, support teams and, uh, you know, uh, or, or they actually decided to pay their support teams less uh, mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And we made the conscious decision uh, not to do either of those things. We did not eliminate any programs. We did not lay off any of our team and we did not cut anyone's salaries because the idea is if you're part of a network like this, especially a franchise system uh, like we are, you, you want things, you want the support and what we bring when times are good, but when times are bad, that's when you really need it from us. Mm -hmm. And and how mm -hmm. dare us to actually say, okay, well, now that things are rough, we're going to cut back everything we provide you. And we, we made the decision not to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons we had uh, not only a record year, but a record year when other people were having good years, we were having incredible years. Yeah, incredible years. And you see that in the network when I was looking at the awards and and the level of people that it's just crazy. And I, I just think you should be so proud of what you've accomplished. And and I can just tell you as a leader uh, of a company, I couldn't be more proud to be working underneath you and, and the brand. And uh, it's really been special to us here in Vancouver. So, um, and it, it just continues to grow and continues to have great effect without us even having to do much other than be authentic and genuine, you know, and that's, that's kind of the benefit. Well, on my first day in 2012, uh, in, in this current role, you know, we, we set a couple of goals and, uh, and one of those goals was to hit 5,000 advisors in the network. And, uh, you will be the first place I will officially tell you that, but we did that last week. Oh, no we way. Are now at five, we are now at 5,028 advisors in the Americas. It's amazing. Um, and, uh, and, and the number I'm even more excited about is I had, uh, at that time, when I set that goal of 5,000, I wanted the average advisor, the average advisor to do 100,000 in, mm -hmm. in GCI. Uh, that's, that includes your non-productive people who haven't done a deal, that they, whatever reasons they're not doing as many deals. Um, we're 50% better than that. Wow. And we hit 5,000 advisors. And my goal was to do that by 2020. And I was only three months late. So uh, we're, yes. we're uh, pretty excited about where we are today 
but but now we're on to we're on to that next group. It's not about being the biggest, um, mm-hmm. but it is about it's about being the best and being in the right places and having coverage. And it's and, about uh, you surround yourself with Anthony, and you guys are doing an excellent job of surrounding yourself by the best people. So well, that's what, what I wanted to do. say. You 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 congratulated me on my success. My success has only been bringing uh, a lot of the right people together and letting people do what they do and do it incredibly well, which obviously includes you and your entire team Thank there. Thank you. You know what? You know, I, 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 a gentleman like myself should come on to a call like this and be nervous about talking to the CEO of a company. And I'm not nervous at all. I consider you a really close friend. I thank you so much for all you've done for our company. Uh, and I'm, I'm just super excited about where we're going with it all too. You know, uh, lifestyle is the focus for realtors nowadays. I want people to understand that real estate is a lifestyle. And what we do at Angle Invokers is we try to create the best lifestyle opportunities for our advisors. And that's kind of the best way of looking at it. We're trying to take care of everything, you know, uh, try to help you through everything, be there for you, collaborate. I was going to ask you, my final question was going to ask you uh, what you're most proud of as the CEO of Anglin Volkers, but I feel like you just answered the question before I yeah, asked. Yeah, I was going to say, I would just reset, I would just, I would just say, uh, is, is the fact, no, I, I think I could add to it. Okay. Um, it, it's that we've hit the goals, but we did it our way. Okay. Um, there's so much in this industry that says uh, you're going to have to swim with the pack, you're uh, the swim with the, the fish, you have to go with the flow. And, um, and we never did that. We always mm. said, no, 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 we, we know who we are and we're going to stay true to that. And people said, yeah. well, if you do that, then you're not going to be the size that you want to be. You're not going to get the scale that you need. And the reality is, uh, I, I show this all the time. You, you can't really see it. You can kind of see the frame behind me uh, in, the, in the back of the picture. That's something Christian Folkers drew a long time ago. And he was talking about, what do I lose sleep over? And I said, my fear is that we will accomplish our, our, our numbers, but we won't be who we say we're going to be. We're going to lose that. And that's why I lose mm. sleep over. And, yeah. and he drew this really nice chart. And on the axis, he has quality and quantity. And he basically showed that you can actually, if, as long as you're moving up to the center of that, so your quality is increasing at the same time, your quantity is increasing, that you're doing it right. We've stayed in that, in that area. We've, we've, we've got the quality, excuse me, the quantity, but we have the quality and we're staying true to ourselves. And what's interesting now is we're getting momentum because now people are saying, get with it. I get it. I get who you all are. I, uh, I, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And, uh, and, and the fact is we, we all get it and we're heading in the right direction. So I'm most proud that not only have we accomplished our goals, but we did it our way and we stayed true to ourselves. And we're going to continue doing that because momentum is in our favor. You certainly have. And you know what, as far as what we go back to what we talked about before, but what you and Christian and Sven and everybody else who's had a real estate experience, we can all attest to one thing is that you have to maintain uh, that that relationship, that quality in order to maintain your business over time. And if you do things right, then it will naturally grow and it will naturally happen and people will learn about you and they'll know, you know, like never have to do anything uh, outside of um, the box. I kind of sloppy that up, but you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I agree is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I, I think we all do. And I, and I agree with you and that's that shared mindset. And that's yeah. why we're, that's why we're all having the success we're having and why we will keep having the success that we're having. Awesome. I think that's a perfect place to leave this, Anthony. Thank you so much for coming on this show, on this podcast. I look forward to reciprocating whenever you'd like, or if you'd like to come back on this show at some other time, please let me know. And we'd love to have you. It might have to be a regular quarterly guest to give us updates or something like that. Anyway. I, 
I appreciate being here today. I always enjoy my conversations with you, yeah. whether we're recording or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I do like about your podcast is this conversation could have easily been a conversation we would have had with no microphones. Uh, and I, that's, I that's, 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 it's back to that authenticity. Well, that's the thing. That's why your podcast From the day I've met you, Anthony, it's one thing we've never had trouble with is just chat, chatting about our truths, if that makes any sense, because we're not nope. afraid of it, right? It's so it's it's easy. It, that's it is what it easy. Is. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate the invitation. I would accept yeah. the invitation anytime in the future, and awesome. I will definitely hold you to uh, to being a guest, maybe even one time with uh, with uh, with Greg as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do whatever you need us to do, my friend. No problem. Thank you, you so it. much. Thank you. Have a great day, Anthony. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Thank you for watching today's episode. For more video content, please like, comment, and subscribe below.